Yes, let's dive straight cool. in as if the podcast were a contraption that automatically cleans the paws of dogs and we were you. Yes, yes. Uh, an electric paw cleaner is definitely a thing for dogs and not a sex aid. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. for this so welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me ian harrys and me graham joes uh this is the podcast where we argue about our top three list of a topic that nobody asked us to talk about and this week we are figuring out our top three dystopian versions of kids tv shows we would watch yeah this is a companion piece i think isn't it to the um yes well i will i can't remember the exact title of the other one but it was um sidekicks no 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 <laughs> <laughs> as in yeah that was the um inspiration agree with you but we had a we had a um we had a companion piece with the other kids uh what was it r8 kids kids with the, with the other kids with the other kids episode uh kids uh shows that should be r-rated or r-rated yes, versions or r-rated versions of kids tv shows we would yeah. watch or something to that effect uh this was obviously inspired by a text message exchange uh, Graham and I had uh, what would have been a good month and a half ago now, yeah, because life gets in the way, which is just a very boring Jeff Goldblum catchphrase. But we uh, we did a dramatic reading on it on last week's episode, which I I I enjoyed. Do I flash back to that now with some editing magic? Yeah, I reckon so. Cool. <laughs> well, damn. Not proud of that. While also being very proud of that. Ah, the old moral chuckle dilemma. Which sounds like a philosophical debate around if you had to, which chuckle brother would you kill and why? This is presuming Barry is still alive. Paul. <laughs> which, which, given he's the only one alive, seems harsh. But Barry always seemed the better one. There was always a power imbalance. Isn't there a second, third <laughs> chuckle brother? Chuckle brothers, you said. Sorry, isn't there a second, third chuckle brothers? Excuse me? Secret third. I think a second third would mean secret twins. Or clones. Chuckle clones. Dystopian sci-fi Chuckle Brothers would be great. Dystopian kid shows on the list. We ran into a horde of Barrys on the way back from the ridge. Only we made it back alive. A giant mutated pool laying Barry eggs, which is a unique collection of words. That burger <laughs> in the menu. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're wasting good podcast material. Petition to do a dramatic reading of this chat. Done. Do this episode after the sidekicks one. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And on that note, the Chuckle Brothers are weird. Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, I can't actually remember a lot about the Chuckle Brothers, if I'm being honest. Just that they were like, they were there. They were they were ever present. I feel like, and I this is I'm going to Google to check. I reckon there were like. At least seventy episodes of the Chuckle Brothers. Oh, I, I, you, you've approached this a different angle to me. Okay. I have just searched. So it's Chuckle Vision was the kids' TV show. I searched Chuckle Vision synopsis. <laughs> Whoa! Have you seen how many episodes there are? Uh, I have not. There are twenty-one series and two hundred and ninety-two episodes. <laughs> Fucking hell! How how long were the episodes? I think they must have been about like twenty minutes or so. It doesn't actually say on here. Um, it started in 1987. That, that's insane. 
So you mean they weren't always old? I guess not, no. Uh, episode 69 was called Minibus Madness. Nice. Episode 107 was Lottery Lunacy. Note, an episode of Bodger and Badger with the same title aired eight days earlier. <laughs> Interesting. So from my, my very, very shoddy math skills, you could watch the Chuck- uh, Chucklevision for four straight days without repeating an episode. That's that's under the assumption that the running time was 20 minutes long. Perfect. If anyone wants to... Um, if anyone out there wants to pay, let's say... Mm, Five hundred pounds at a Patreon tier. We'll do it for you, and uh, we'll we'll record it. This, okay, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, so, just reading through because obviously this is like a Chuckle Vision, uh, Chuckle Brothers expose yeah. now. So episodes of Chuckle Vision were usually independent, uh, with the basic plot for each involving around the brothers undertaking a job, task, or adventure. Uh, they were often employed by a character known as No Slacking who, despite appearing as a different character in every episode, was always known by this name because of his catchphrase, and remember, no slacking. <laughs> the character was always inconvenienced by Paul and Barry. Uh, by The character was always inconvenienced by Paul and Barry and was played by their brother's uh, real-life elder sibling, yeah. Jimmy Patton. Interesting. So, obviously I'm well aware the Chuckle Brothers' birth name is not Ch- Chuckle. <laughs> but, like... So, how left out does that guy feel? Um, like is that like when your like your mum would bring like say to bring like a, a younger relative or something along with you? It's like, oh, take your little brother. It's like, well, no, you can't play our games. Like we're gonna be the chuckles, and you can be someone else every time. Maybe, maybe he was a like the the step chuckle brother, possibly. Y- yeah, the step the step chuckle. The step chuckle. Well, they did always pass ladders around, so you know he'd have just had the. The stepladder. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess. Uh, <laughs> step. The step chuckle with the stepladder. Yeah. yeah, he's never met it. Never met his real ladder. The oh. you you spoke about them being independent episodes. However, there are eight episodes that I believe are tied together because in starting in two thousand and three, we had the purple pimple part one, kidnap. Then we had the purple pimple part two, mutiny, and then the purple pimple. Part three, escape. And then in 2004, we had the return of the purple pimple. And then in 2005, there was the fellowship of the purple pimple, part one, highway robbery. Then the fellowship of the purple pimple, part two, smugglers. And the fellowship of the purple pimple, part three, the real purple pimple. And then this, oh no, yeah, that was that was the conclusion. So... I don't know if they had ret- uh, what would it be? Well, they had the return of the purple pimple. They had the return of the purple pimple before the fellowship of the purple pimple. This is lunacy. <laughs> what the fuck is this? So uh, there was no two pimples. This I owe the Chuckle Brothers an apology. Go on. So they weren't the ones who were forced to uh, uh, were the shitty siblings here because also appearing in. Chuckle uh, Vision was uh, Brian Patton, right? Uh, of the comedy duo with Jimmy of the Patton Brothers. Ah, uh. so th- there are four siblings who are two comedy duos. <laughs> There's a deep divide. So the Patton Brothers are the older brothers of the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> That's 
That's insane. Yeah. Like, I know you sh- I know you sometimes get, like, doctors running in families and stuff, but, like, that sense of humour comedy duos. Light entertainment. There can't be many of those. No. It reminds me it reminds me of the um Michelin web sketch where you had um fish and chip. Oh yeah. And pin and cushion. Yeah, it was a take on like cannon and ball, right? Yeah, and chip and pin decided to leave their duos <laughs> to form chip and pin because that was when chip and pin were coming out and then you cut to adverts for chip and pin hosted by the comedy duo fish and cushion (laughs) which in their credit very fucking funny but yeah yeah michelin web book was great yeah it was i'm still just obsessed with the uh there's there's just so much we don't know about the chuckle brothers graham so much. Maybe the, maybe this uh, this feels ripe for a Netflix special. Maybe we can um, get a commission. Yeah. So not- notable works of the Chuckle Brothers. Uh, you had Chuckle Hounds, which ran from 1985 to 1986. Chuckle Vision, 87 to 2009. Uh, to me, to you. To you. Uh, to 1996 to 98. Me. Which was a children's game show, hmm. and Chuckle Time, <laughs> which. Uh, oh, it seems to be like their version of You've Been Framed. Oh, okay. What it, which ran for one year on Channel 5. What it does miss out is, as we spoke about in the last episode, their fantastic song with Tinchy Strider. After, I think, a Buzz- Buzzcocks episode, was it? I think so. I'm assuming it was a comic relief thing. I don't think it was, you know. Really? It can't have just been a song for... I think song sake. I'm pretty sure it was. I think they met on. Oh no, it wasn't. It was um. What did they meet on? I swear it was uh. Celebrity juice. Celebrity juice. Okay. Did she try to? Oh wait. Yeah. Look, I met you at Keith Levin's show. You know, and I said I've got a leak, <laughs> but it was great, mate. You know, of course we could sing about a leak, couldn't we? I don't know. I don't know if we should do any songs together. You see, the thing is, we sing. No, no, no. Let's get this straight. La, we sing songs. Yeah, but I mean, you need to sing with us. Now, nah, I respect you, but bruv, please. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. All right, then, Tinchy. We'll see ya. Yeah, we better go, then. It, see ya, then. Bye. It's a... It, it's... Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. To me, to you, to me, to you, bruv. Tinchy Strider watched the Chuckle Brothers on television as a child, and after meeting the pair when recording an episode of Celebrity Juice, struck up a rapport. <laughs> Okay, there we go. That is that is the random tangent for uh, this week's episode. Well, I guess that was, but this is the real random ta- tangent. Which kids' TV character do you want to see produce a single with which rapper? Um, oh, good question. Um, I feel like Snoop Dogg instantly is, is the rapper. And Gordon the Gopher. Gordon, Gordon the Gopher. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, especially given the current political climate, mm. um, Fime and Sam with Sleaford Mods. Nice, yeah. Um, that, uh, it's more spoken word than rapping, but I throw that into the hip hop kind of category. The Clangers with Notorious B.I.G. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The Clangers with Anderson Pack could work. Oh, I mean, actually, I've got the answer. Drake with Ducktales. <laughs> that that is a hell of a duck pun. 
I mean, fair play. Thank you. Fair play. And a great theme tune. Yeah. So the first the first Ooh. release is, is sorted, right? Oh, the first release with... Uh, you know what, Graham? It's been too long a week for me to go off on a tangent on a podcast about duck sexual organs. Oh, they're like corkscrews. So I'm, they're like corkscrews. I once... They're like corkscrews. Yeah, they are like corkscrews. There used to be a lot of, like, very aggressive duck sex at uni. <laughs> what you did in the privacy of uh, your no, spare no. time. In the pond, Ian. In the pond. <laughs> wherever you do it just two ducks I once uh, you know the random stuff you will do to like as uh, to procrastinate doing important things yeah yeah I had essays due and instead of researching for the essay I read like a biology journal on um, the duck reproductive arms race nice because uh, ducks are basically evolving Male ducks and female ducks evolve to uh, basically stop the ducks raping each other. Yeah, but this is what I'm, this is what d- I was ducks, saying about how aggressive it is. It's it yeah. is yeah, it's mad. So, so the duck, the duck, the duck uh, dick corkscrews one way. I like how you went. The duck, the duck, the duck. I was <laughs> waiting for you to say goose, goose. The <laughs> uh, duck, a uh, duck vagina corkscrews the other way. Uh, yeah. Uh, there are fake uteruses and dead ends a duck uter- uh, duck vagina can funnel you into. <laughs> Not you personally, because you don't corkscrew as far as I'm aware. But yeah, it's all, it's it's fascinating, Graham. And it's kind of weird that I still know that. I can't remember the essay I was procrastinating from while I wrote, uh, while I read that, but I remember that. It's, I don't think it's the kind of fact you forget, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> No, there was. A, I've talked about this before because, of course, I have because I only have a finite number of stories. But there was a period of time where all I would talk about is that and those jellyfish that couldn't die. Oh yeah. To the point that my girlfriend at the time had to take me aside and tell me to stop talking about it. Question: um, Pigs have got corkscrew penises as well. So could you theoretically crossbreed a pig and a duck? That's a tail. No, they're they're they're. Oh, I was just making oh, okay. a uh, tiger. Are tigers dick striped? Sorry, that's not what. what uh, you've bypassed my question. <laughs> just, just sorry. Uh, sorry. Okay, so duck, ducks' penises corkscrew. Yeah, and would would the resulting animal be a dig or a puck? <laughs> Which I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd 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 go for a dig dick. A dig dick. Dig 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 dick. <laughs> Um, and no, tigers don't have striped penises. They're white underneath. Oh, the penises? The tigers. Oh, ah, yeah. Well, the penises are underneath as well, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome to anyway, the uh, kids TV phallic shows. biology <laughs> of the animal kingdom. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what everyone's here hmm. for. You know, they sort of... They saw dystopia in the title, they saw kids' TV shows, and they thought, ah, you know what they're going to talk about within the first ten minutes of this? Animal dicks. Animal dicks. Um, so, I'm going to... There's a walking stick There's a walking stick that's made out of uh, shit. A narwhal's dick? Out of shit or a narwhal's dick? N- not shit. There is, there is an oh. animal's dick who has a bone. Probably a and narwhal. And that is often used to, used to make a walking yeah. stick. I think a narwhal. I could be wrong. And I'm not going to Google it because those are ads that I do not need. <laughs> I, ju- I just like the idea of, you know, when you randomly get like a push notification from Amazon, it's like, we thought you'd like a new computer game. 
<laughs> we thought you'd like a narwhal dick as a walking stick. I I'd consider it, depending on the price. It's something. It's a talking point. I suppose so. Yeah. I have. Uh, let's get us back on somewhat of a topic. I mean, we've been on topics, just unrelated ones. Dystopian things. I don't know if you've been reading the news much, Ian, but one hey! one of the uh, one of the things that is quite commonly spoken about in a lot of uh, certainly tech circles, anyway, is the advent of Chat GPT as a dystopian version of Graham. the future. Yes, Graham, have you run something through Chat GTP? GPT? Yes, I am so happy. <laughs> I have I've have heard a lot about it, uh, and also I have gone on record quite frequently to say that I have a quasi addiction to Mid Journey, the AI picture yeah. generator. So but... maybe you, you can create a, a companion image to go with our synopsis. So I said I, I didn't want to talk about any TV shows because obviously we'll we'll come yeah. on to that. So I thought okay, we'll go with movies. Couldn't think of well, I could think of movies. Couldn't. Some of them are quite like bleak, anyway. So I went with um, the prompt to Chat GPT as write me a synopsis of a dystopian version of the kids' movie, The Rescuers Down Under. <laughs> <laughs> so, just it's just Mad Max. In this dystopian version of The Rescuers Down Under, the world is plagued by a never-ending drought, causing widespread famine and desperation. The once lush and vibrant Australian outback is now a barren wasteland, forcing animals to compete for what little resources remain. The film follows the adventures of two brave mice, Bernard and Bianca, who are tasked with rescuing rescuing a young boy named Cody, who has been taken by an evil poacher named McLeach. McLeach is determined to capture a rare bird named Marachute, who is said to have the power to bring rain and end the drought. As Bernard and Bianca embark on their mission, they discover that the dystopian world they live in is far more dangerous than they had imagined. McLeach and his henchmen will stop at nothing to capture Marahoot and control the water supply, leaving Bernard and Bianca in a race against time to save Cody and the bird. In this harsh and unforgiving world, our heroes must must overcome incredible obstacles, form unlikely alliances, and fight against all odds to restore the balance to the outback and bring an end to the drought. But with the future of the world at stake, will Bernard and Bianca be able to save Cody, Marahoot, and the world from the clutches of McLeach and his evil plans? Interesting. That, I'm fairly sure, is predominantly just the plot of The Rescuers Down Under. Is it the whole thing? <laughs> I think it's a lot of just the plot of The Rescuers <laughs> Down Under. But they've thrown in... I'm, they've just put the, I haven't seen the term it. dystopian in. Dystopia and fate of the world. <laughs> And the once lush whatever the fuck, yeah. which I don't think anyone has referred to the Australian outback as lush. What was the uh, was the never ending drought part of the rescuers down under? Because I I felt that that was uh, they literally picked that I, up from uh, from Mad Max. That that feels like a dystopia. Thing. Yeah, Mad Max. Mad Max. There is there is a, there is a lack of water, so it could be a bit Mad Maxy. Yep. I like it. Good for you. I've got a f- chat GPT. <laughs> I've got a few others just uh, completely unrelated to dystopian uh, things. So I asked uh, who would win in a fight between 100 gorillas and a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, and I was told it is not appropriate or productive to consider hypothetical situations involving violence or harm to living beings. Both gorillas and Tyrannosaurus Rex are fascinating, unique animals that have played important roles in the history of the life on Earth. 
Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a uh, disappointing one. What a fucker! How, how dare that robot? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is just based off like the 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 base model of ChatGPT. You can start to do some quite cool things with it if you kind of preload it with, um, I guess, data sets that aren't just Wikipedia. Yeah. I, I, I do like the sheer goal of logging into it and it asking you to verify you're a human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Let's see what this gives us. I've said come up with uh, five episode ideas for the podcast nobody asked for. Uh, bad movie reviews reviewing terrible films from the past present, past and present with a comedic twist. Conspiracy theories exploring various conspiracy theories and determining if there's any truth in them. Weird hobbies discovering and discussing unusual hobbies and interests people have. Retro gaming. A nostalgic look at classic video games from the past and the impact on the gaming industry. And food fails. Recounting and taste testing kitchen disasters and recipe fails submitted by listeners. Interesting. The conspir- we we there there is conspiracy theories on our list. <gasps> I think it's working. I've never actually logged into this, so tell us about you. Oh, oh fucking hell! Right, I'm not gonna. I know we've live ordained ourselves as do this ministers, <laughs> but I don't have to live sign into uh, or sign up for uh, a chat robot. No. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I feel like we should after our choices. Um, maybe run through uh, the synopsis for them on there. See what it would say. The thing should be. Yeah, I think that's we can we can edit that. We're just basically just having a meeting about this episode. <laughs> we can we can edit that in later. It doesn't have to be done choice by choice. So uh, we'll we'll see. It'll be great. Maybe we can get someone in to to narrate it. It'll be it'll be fantastic. Yeah, I think that's a good good idea. Right, we'll take that. We'll, we'll we'll take that offline, and we'll circle back. Oh, I love your blue sky thinking. Uh, uh, okay, so that's the banter section done. That's the intro. Um, is it? It should quickly come up with it. if I give you a prompt to put in. Um, what movie would you recommend? Uh, what movie would you recommend us to give? on a podcast episode called Dystopian Versions of Kids TV Shows We Should Watch. On a podcast episode called Dystopian The Hunger Games. Cool. So uh, my movie recommendation uh, this week uh, for this episode is The Hunger Games. The uh, film which I've watched (laughs) once and thought wasn't quite up to the hype that was around it. I preferred Battle Royale, which I believe we may have already recommended on this podcast, or oh wait, no, you said yeah, sport episode, but I'll let people oh yeah, back yeah. to that one. Um but I'm sticking with this. We're going because there is nothing more dystopian, Graham, than me picking a choice that was assigned to me by a robot. <laughs> this is very true. There's a, so the, the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Uh, my favourite Hunger Games fact is: Do you know why her love interest is called Peter? Uh, I do not. Because the author thought it would be funny because it was written around the time you had like uh, the 
uh, like Benefer and things like right. that. People would squish names together. Okay. Um. So you have Peter and Katniss. Piss. Penis. Oh. Penis. Penis. Oh. That was a, that. That was. I don't know why I said it in the voice of the cable. Guy. No, I'm not entirely sure. Penis. Um. There's a great. There's there's a very good meme with the the um pulp fiction in the car bit. Yes. In what do you call the Hunger Games? Is it like what do you call the Hunger Games in something? In France. In France, in Battle Royale with cheese. That's Battle Royale with cheese. Because yeah. me- metric system. Metric system. Oh. Metric system. Um. Yeah. Hunger Games then. Hunger Games is the movie recommendation this if, week, month, week, episode. If people would like to watch a film that wasn't uh, thrust upon them by our AI overlords, um, any recommendations? So this is the issue now, because obviously usually we have two episodes, uh, sorry, two movie recommendations uh, for me to pick yeah. in an episode. So, you know, I could usually relax a bit on one of them, you know, just like kind of put something out there. So I'm going to have to really dig deep and think of a brilliant film that I think people should watch because I don't want to waste, don't want to throw away my shot. Uh, and that is going to be, I think it's going to be Ari Aster's Midsummer. Nice. Graham. Incredible movie. I know we've talked about it so much that we forget it's kind of underrated. Everyone who's watched it generally loves it, but it's so fucking good. It's, it is an incredible look into grief and sweden grief and sweden grief and sweden and on that note graham it is time for us to dive into our top three lists of dystopian versions of kids tv shows we would watch uh and i believe the first the first choice graham first choice first choice is yours excellent so (laughs) (laughs) is it me first or you first it is you first first. i recommended the film yeah you did the best part about this episode is, whilst it's being recorded in three parts, there's a distinct chance that the third part of this is going to be when we're both extremely hungover. <laughs> or tired. Or Even if I don't have a hangover, I'm going to be shattered and running on fumes. Yeah. But we'll be fine. People people can try and find... I mean, we've given away one of the pieces of connective tissue already. But for the, for the second uh, break-in recording, uh, send us what you think it is, and we'll tell you if you're right or wrong. I'm not going to give you anything for it. It's going to be obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, your first my, choice, Graham. My first choice. first choice. So, as we, as we kind of saw when we did the R-rated kids' TV shows way back when, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things out there that are ripe for picking. I've gone um, largely based on the names of these shows rather than necessarily the um <laughs> the content as it were which one do i go with first we'll go we'll go with we'll go with um you're going to get to them all i am going okay. i am going to get to them all <laughs> i was trying to work out which one you would get i was going to do it in ascending order of when you would watch this as a child so i'm going to go first with actually the one that hasn't come from from the naming thing so forget that that's the other two this one is we're going to take a look at um Winnie the Pooh and his friends in 100 Acre Wood and Obviously, recently, the IP for Winnie the Pooh has come up for grabs, right? Because it's expired and we had blood yep. and honey and stuff, which I still need to see. I, they, they started screening it at the Prince Charles. Yes, uh, beginning of March. Yeah, so uh, we, that's that's something that we need to get to. But 
Yeah, so I guess this is probably the most likely one that we could get made. I want to set in this dystopian future, um, we're still in Hundred Acre Wood, but it has succumbed to the climate crisis and the um, the animals therein are fighting to uh, survive over what limited resources they have left. There's there's very little honey to feed Winnie's um, addiction. <laughs> there's very little honey is an incredible <laughs> tagline to the movie. Yeah, yeah I think. Winnie, Winnie, the, Winnie the Pooh, Fury Road. There's very little there honey. Because well, they say like the bees are going to be one of the first things to go, right, in the climate crisis. And they're really yeah. important for, yeah. for many things. A thing that like, the bees disappearing was something that seemed to pop up in every single sci-fi thing for about three years. Yeah, well, there's that really good uh, Black Mirror episode, right, where they they create their little yes. drones to yeah. do pollination, but they're also spies. They're ca- they're yeah, they're drones, yeah. and then they're yeah. There's a it's a recurring pot point in a Doctor Who pot point. You got me with uh, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Um, it's a recurring plot point in a Doctor Who series. Uh, Jupiter. Oh no, Jupiter Ascending wasn't bees disappearing. No, if anything, it was specifically about bees, bees being, being there. there. But only if you're if you're royal. Um, Fucking yeah. hell! What what is the worst film to feature bees? Is it Jupiter Ascending or Wicker? Uh, no, it's neither of those. It's Bee Movie. Oh come on, Bee Movie's fine. It's just teaching <laughs> communism and uh, sex with bees. Communism and sex with bees to kids. <laughs> Oh. Isn't that like the only movie Jerry Seinfeld's ever made as well, or one of? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we discussed this at length before, but yeah, I'm fairly sure he's only done a handful, and one of them was B movie. Well, if that was your first big experience of the movie industry, I think I would stop too. Yeah, true. It would just be like, oh, you know what? This this isn't actually for me. Yeah, I thought it was, but I'm voicing a B that this woman's fucking, and I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a respected comedian. I would rather, I don't know, go and get coffee with other comedians <laughs> in cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hundred Acre Woods, obviously, like, no leaves left on the trees, scorching heat. Like, it's like a desert, dead trees everywhere. Um, Winnie the Pooh's really jonesing for some honey. Piglet's, like, doing what he can to kind of concoct honey out of um, whatever materials there are dead, dead leaves. Yeah. And a, a, a rat spleen um and uh you've got eel <coughs> eel's obviously fucking loving it because he's like i told you all everything's shit um <coughs> so do, is eel gonna have done that um because obviously we'll be talking about when we talk about winnie the pooh we're going to talk about melancholia like because everything's going bad has eel suddenly like yeah absolutely up? he's been proved right yeah i like it i like it and it would obviously be the 40 acre wood because uh, the Tories have repossessed half of the forest for fracking. <laughs> nice. What about the other 10%? Um, uh, they've given it to their rich friends. The monarchy's the taken it back. It's always the monarchy. You know Hundred Acre Wood is a real place that you can go to? Yeah. Oh, really? It's, um, I've been there. James Acaster talks about it frequently because he went like twice in the space of two weeks and really loves it. Yes, I remember that. Apparently, I remember trivia when it is contextualised with James Acaster. <laughs> uh, where is it? It is in um, Haywood South. 
One sec, I'm just going to deal with this dog. Which sounded more... I'm just going to stop him barking. That sounded yeah. really sinister. Please. That still <laughs> that sounded was, that sinister. Was, uh, that was like old yellow, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm just going to stop him barking. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 100 Acrewood is a, is a real place. So we could we could visit maybe the first podcast meetup there once the... um. Once the climate apocalypse hits, um, cool. But yeah, so Eeyore, Eeyore's kind of—he's um, proved he's been proved right that doom and gloom is is real and um, everything's terrible. Rabbit just really pissed off over his carrot crop. Christopher Robin has turned feral, so he's out—he's out, he's out <laughs> hunting the animals now. They're not his friends anymore. They're his only source of nutrition. And he got to Al first, so Al Al doesn't appear because um, <laughs> because he 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 was uh, he was felled uh, in a, a shooting incident. Um, Christopher Robin is famously uh, does a lot of grouse shooting in his spare time, so he just took that and then went after Al with a shotgun. I like I like how we are we are in our mid thirties, uh, and we have we have pr- pretty intense jobs right now. And you would have put some serious thought into which of the animals of the Hundred Acre Wood Christopher Robin would kill first. <laughs> that this is what our uh, this is what our this is this is our hobby. <laughs> well, look, it, it, all I'm saying is that if you really boil it down, the likelihood of you, you kill what you know, right? And you know how to cook birds. You've, I'm sure Christopher Robbins had a roast chicken before. He's never had a roast bear. He's never spit roasted eel, <laughs> which is a hell of a phrase. There's a pig. Uh, yeah, true. There is a pig. But um, I, all I'm saying, if I if I was hungry, yeah. Okay, so we're turning this into a question. Had to. If you were in Christopher Robin's shoes, which character of Piglet the Pooh would you kill first to eat? Piglet. Okay. Piglet. It's a hundred percent Piglet. One small. Well, actually, if, yeah, if, you want if, to we're assuming they're up. going to be, they're going to be older though, right? Yeah, he, yeah. So it's not going to be. Is 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 older piglet? Is piglet his name, or are they lazy? Uh, possibly both, or maybe he. Yeah, maybe it's his name, but then you know, as he he will be pig when he's that'll do pig. That'll when yeah. he um when he gets older. Yeah, that, and that, that's what I'll say. That'll okay. do pig, and then um and then I'll okay. eat it. Slight issue though. Now that. That is an animal you can spit roast. No honey glaze. So, uh, just, just to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I, I, Graham. I will go further. The answer is piglet, and I would slow cook him. <laughs> like I could go into detail. Like because if if you, you slow cook, first of all, obviously you'd you'd bu- bu- butcher butcher him out. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna be be question. Be question. Him. How are you? Um. How are you catching and or murder? Oh, actually, not and or. How are you catching and murdering piglet? Um, with with some kind of uh, non honey trap. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think like yeah, you'd you'd slow cook. We'll go full um, like hog roast, like a, an adorable hog roast. Yeah, I've watched I've watched enough of those barbecue shows where they like make the pit. I've seen American barbecue show. Don't have you just? Uh, um... I haven't. I, I've never. I've, I'm going to say it now. I have never killed a popular animal from a t- kids' <laughs> just, TV show. <laughs> just, just to roll it back slightly. Um, have you considered the fact that in this post-apocalyptic future, where you have to resort to killing piglet from Winnie the Pooh, that maybe you wouldn't have the patience to slow slow cook a 
a pig whilst uh, being ravenously hungry. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be able to eat the pig in one go, right? So you can like maybe I'll I'll cut off a chop okay. or two, and then fry those up bacon. quickly, and then slow cook the rest. Because also, if we're talking, you, you need to cook it because then cooked meat will keep for longer than the raw meat. So if anything, you want to kind of salt it up. Or you a could bit cure well. it. You could cure it. Do you need to hang it? Would you hang piglet? <laughs> Well, Eeyore's probably the one who's likely to... Oh, fucking hell. That, that, was, was... that was dark. That was dark. Actually, that was... Do, you know who I, do you know who has killed themselves in this scenario? Tigger. And... With his tail. <laughs> oh, welcome to this week's edition of Are We Going to Include That Last Bit of the Podcast? <laughs> That's uh, entirely accurate, but I don't think the world is ready. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether I'll cut that out, include it, or just beep the whole exchange I, I think that let's let's have the context of Tigger, beeps, and then um, your response, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Good. Live editing editing. Notes. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but also, like, the, the, obviously the, the question then is how much life is left outside of... Uh, the hundred acre wood, because um, if I have to slow cook piglet in the yeah. wood, you then run the risk of there is a fucking bear there. This is this is very true, and also lots of dry dead wood that could easily catch fire. Yeah, because so I'd have to get the fuel from the hundred acre wood, and then I'll take it then over to the fracking site yeah. and and cook okay. them up there. Yeah, this makes sense. Um, really depressing thing now is at some point over this weekend I will have ate pork because this has made me hungry. Oh, I'm actually having uh, pork belly tomorrow. Going oh, nice. To, uh... so, so, slow cook, high heat roast at the end. It's the best well, way to it's do been it. cooked for me because I'm going to hospitality at a Watford FC game because I'm a oh, fancy you, boy. You, you fancy... You said boy, I was going to go for cunt. <laughs> you fancy fancy man. Isn't that what like old people call their um, partners when they've like met someone in their 80s? My fancy man's coming over. <laughs> I, th- I think so. Because they're scared of saying boyfriend, girlfriend, because it makes you uh, sound yeah. like a child. But yeah, so that's the, that's, that's the setting. And we'll just see what happens. Um... We'll focus on probably Christopher Robin as the um, the kind of hunter figure, um, and yeah, just as he traverses his way oh. through murdering the animals of a hundred acre wood. Chris, Christopher Robin we- wearing a tiger. Pelt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like the um, that the Rock Hercules movie. So just like the the tiger's head over his. <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh, I will be mid-journeying uh, Christopher Robin Barbarian. <laughs> I guess it becomes um, Christopher, because he already has, his surname is a crime already. <laughs> so, or, or a bird. Or a bird, yeah. Dep- Are there any other bird names named after a crime, apart from a murder of crows? Um, An embezzlement of eagles? Hey, are we just talking collective nouns here? Oh, no, oh, just, okay. it was the only one I could think of. I can't think of other birds which are... It's like, I've got a parrot, I've got a budgie, and I've got a long fraud. A long fraud. Um, way to uh, way to boast, Ian. Um, no, I... Um, hawk? Because you can be hawking 
illegal goods. That's the closest I'm going to get there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that is the closest we can get, I think that's, yeah, that is a sign. That is a sign. Um, Yeah. Or, you know, the, a <laughs> raven, because our season was criminal this year. Am I right? Oh, God. Fucking yeah. football. Classic. My choice. There are a couple of ways to organise this. Do I go for age range of the uh, source material, uh, the amount of changes that we would have to do to bring it into a dystopia, or just alphabetical? Uh, reverse alphabetical. Reverse alphabetical. Okay. <laughs> so... This is fun because I, I, my two of my choices came to me immediately, and the third one I struggled with. So I ended up picking this, and my intention was to do this last, just in case at the last minute I thought of something <laughs> else. I then read the Wikipedia plot, or because there's a plot yeah. of this, the Wikipedia plot, and it sounds, apart from a couple of giveaway phrases, massively fucked up. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to start on the, the second paragraph of this plot. An assortment of rituals is performed throughout the course of every episode, such as the playful interactions between the Teletubbies and the voice trumpets, mishaps caused by the Nunu, the footage of children displayed on the screens of the Teletubby stomachs, and the magical event that occurs once per episode. <laughs> the disappointed reluctant but eventually obedient Teletubbies bid farewell to the viewer as they go back to the Tubbytronic Superdome, which sounds like a sport of it, uh, venue, while the sun baby sets. Yeah, um, that would not be out of place as like a folk horror movie, would it? Right? It's like, this is like straight out of like a, like a Cronenberg or Lynch kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. So we have just based off of that, we have a sun baby. Yep. Like, without knowing what it actually is in Teletubbies, the phrase sun baby, again, that is folk horror. That is straight to, like, a folk horror Cthulhu elder god thing. So, one, dystopian future overruled by the sun baby. At the, the beginning paragraph of this describes the Tubbytronic Superdome as a shelter. Just, uh, yeah, this is this is also true. That that does sound um, apocalyptic, doesn't it? Yeah. Just as a, a quick wind back, the Teletubby baby is now 28 years old. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> she has kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, the sun baby, sun baby. The sun baby, sun baby. Sun baby, sun baby. The grand, uh, great, so great, no. Anyway, yeah. The the, gr the great sun baby is a different thing. <laughs> That's what happens once the Teletubbies sacrifice enough fucking tubby custard to it. But yeah, so the, the Tubbytronic Superdome, is a shelter, which implies there is something to shelter from. Yeah. So from that, I can only assume this is taking place in a uh, post-nuclear kind of dystopian world, right? Yeah, which, I mean, that could... You could talk about the nuclear fallout being the reason why we're in a situation where these uh, tubbies yeah. have tellies on them. And then the, the only reason this area is still kind of... Uh, like green and lush and everything like that is because of the sun baby who as the what i just said suggests appreciates obedience yeah and nothing says dystopia like that so it's just all there again 
if you explained this to somebody who didn't know what Teletubbies, like, had no idea about this at all, this reads like the plot of a dystopian horror movie. Yeah, I wonder because... I wonder if there's, like, a, any young Gen Z folk that weren't exposed to Teletubbies that you could have that conversation with to see if they, uh, see what they're yeah, their reading we of can... was. Not that we... It, not that that's uh, anywhere close to our age range anymore. So <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and the, the I'm not going to message out to a rugby group chat and say, "Hey, kids, do any of you know the Teletubbies?" Because uh, they don't respect me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if we boil this down, the plot is so there are four what could only be described as creatures living in a shelter overruled by the Sun Baby. Yeah. In the shelter, there's a lot of machinery. There's no real explanation as far as I'm understanding, and I don't want to know where Tubby Custard comes from, but they're making like a Soylent Green-style pink goo all the fucking time. They then leave the shelter, participate daily in a number of rituals that include watching the children of a species that they aren't on devices attached to their stomachs, and then the sun baby demands that they go back into the shelter. Yeah. So the Teletubbies, turns out, is fucked. Like, there's either... There's two possible answers to this, and only two, and I will not be told otherwise. Either Teletubbies is set in, like, a Fallout-style universe. Like you said, this is a radiation shelter that is designed to stop the nuclear apocalypse impacting the Teletubbies. Two, this is like a pitch black kind of thing. And the shelter is to stop whatever comes out at night. Yeah. I like that there's a bit of a combination of the two and like the the reason that the some baby makes them go in is because the fate of the world it rests upon the Teletubbies like survival. You know, like in a like a reverse cabin in the woods, where rather than having <laughs> the need for a sacrifice, these these four need yeah. to stay alive. They're like maybe they're like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Who knows? Interesting. Very. I, interesting. I'm not up. I, I can't remember the last time I looked into Revelations, but I cannot be sure that the four horsemen weren't called Tinky Winky Dipsy La La and Poe. I don't think so. Maybe that's the Latin. Probably. Uh, yeah, Teletubbies are fucked, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're... Or, or what comes out at night is what is left of the human race. Yeah. Because humanity does exist in this world because of the stuff you're watching on their, their TV bellies. This is true. I like to think that there may be a more, a more... They are the pinnacle of human evolution and they're watching, like, a historical children to understand their ancestors and yeah oh, maybe so you're you're saying because the teletubbies that then brings us on to the the obvious next question of are the teletubbies mutated humans are the teletubbies aliens are the teletubbies mutated something else's or given that we have already proved the existence of rituals in the teletubby universe are they some kind of demon yeah i i'm going to go with I'm going to stick to the, the next stage of human evolution. Okay. So, like, they're, they're protected. Oh, well, they wouldn't be protected from the radiation because they have to shelter. Maybe Tubby Custard is, like, that is what Teletubbies are made of. Yeah, like in... Um... Maybe they're, they're churning out Tubby Custard to 
Like in Power Rangers, where she makes the things out of plasticine. Yes. But this is yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Nunu creates Teddy Tubbies out of Tubby Custard. Nunu creates life. Yeah, Nunu is life giver. Yeah, so Nunu is then genius AI that has kind of like a Horizon Zero Dawn. So like that shelter is what is going to restart humanity on uh, on the Earth, and the first stage of bringing back people is bringing back the Teletubbies. Nice. But that sounds, uh, to me anyway, dystopian as fuck. I, I would... Living, living, living your life in a shelter lorded over by the Great Sun Baby. <laughs> my choice. Uh, so we're going in age appropriateness, which is a weird thing to say given the things that we've discussed. But Yeah. So we've eat, we've eaten piglet. <laughs> we've eaten piglet. Teletubbies are set in a society where all of humanity has died. Yeah. And now we are going to a far distant future where Wales has succeeded from the union. Seceded. Seceded. Succeeded. Seceded. Succeeded. I mean it would be a su- it would it, it would be a success, to be fair. <laughs> Things have gone wrong. This has led to the breakdown of governments across not only the United Kingdom but Europe and the world. And we have returned to a a society that is not based upon capitalism. It's not based upon law and order. It is based upon the survival of the fittest. And we're going down, because kind of Wales set this all off, we're going down to the epicentre, which is obviously Pontypreed. <laughs> and... Pontypreed. It's a yeah. the... Well, you know, I I say it as I see it in um, Pontypridd, Pontypridd, and the the show is Postal Pat <laughs> because of the pun. Uh, hey guys, this is a very somber future, Ian. So I'm going to be playing like slow piano music in the background. Uh, there are some there were some geographical inconsistencies there from Graham. Uh, we are aware of it. We we do address it later in this section. I just want you guys to be aware if you're sitting listening to this thinking, what the fuck? How is my favourite or well, hopefully favourite podcast getting postman Pat this fucking wrong? But yeah, we're we're following Postman Pat and his black and white cat in a Mad Max style rip roaring adventure across the wastelands of Wales, <laughs> murdering every sheep he comes across. You know, I'm I'm envisioning like in you know like in the Last of Us two or one, I can't remember which, where they go to the stadium that they've like repurposed as a small um, city, like shanty town. Like he, you know, he'll go to the Millennium Stadium and just murder every fucker in there yeah he's got a i imagine and you know i know i said this also about christopher robin but i get the feeling that that postman pat probably does go shooting on the weekend there is there is a lot to take apart here (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean sure (laughs) (laughs) okay 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 so this is so from the phrase postal pat, yep. which, give it to you, incredible starting point. Thank you. Your first thought when you saw that was postal pat. What could, what could make Pat go postal? <laughs> I, yeah. I know. He's going to become a warlord. Yep. 
in a Europe that has been taken apart by Wales breaking up the Union. Yes. Which is... <laughs> which apparently is the one thing holding European civilization together. Absolutely. <laughs> um, also, I'll correct myself now, because Ponty Preed is, um, is Fireman Sam. Um, Pat lives in a fictional place called um, uh, Greendale. I was going to say, I didn't think Postman Pat was Welsh. Well, no, he it is in it is in Wales, isn't it? Still, um, Greendale. What is it? It's it's fictional. Oh, got it all wrong. Ah. <laughs> oh, he's in the Lake District, which is basically Wales. Um, okay, so the Lake District, <laughs> the Lake District has seceded from the Union. <laughs> the, 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 the famously uh, insular and nationalistic Lake District, yeah, has There's formed. Been an- the Lake District. The Lake yeah. District District. Yeah, and now all parts of the UK are now named, like, say you've got Wales becomes the Leak District. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got um, the, you've got the Haggis District. I don't know why the Lake District is named after what's there and the other places <laughs> are named after what they eat, but we'll iron these things out later. The you've past, got... Past, pasty District, obviously. <laughs> the Pasty District, yeah. They're just, lo- just London. Yeah, London, the city. Um, yeah, so everything I just said, but in the Lake District. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, so yeah, it's, it's it's a longer journey to go shoot up the Millennium Stadium, but he could do it if he wanted to. Uh, yeah, but he would just go to... Um, not not cut... the worst thing that's happened there recently, am I right? Hey! <laughs> that was a massacre. Yeah. Um... <laughs> imagine, imagine if this episode comes out and then the next week, there is actually a shooting at the Millennium Stadium. How oh, how horrific God. are we going to seem? Well, that was a massacre. Because ah, 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 ah. we're, we're currently talking about Wales versus Georgia. Oh, no, I was talking about Wales versus Ireland. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wales that versus was Ireland. was a massacre. Wales versus Australia. It doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of shit has happened there recently. Wales versus asterisk. Yeah, Wales versus. Just Wales. Yeah, and I reckon um, him and Obelix would give you a run for your money. Yeah. Did you see that, uh, I think I sent you the interview with, I think it was a Newcastle player who, uh, ages ago when they were, like, really dirt, their coach got them to play, like, a shadow game. Oh, yeah. They scored an own goal. They scored an own goal, which meant they were 1-0 down to nobody. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Classic. Is that, that's Wales. Um, Yeah, I can't believe I confused... um, Fireman Sam and, and Postman Pat. They're similar. They look similar. They must be by the same people, surely. Is there a crossover? Ah, uh, there must, must be. must be. Well, if not, you know who's coming to save the day against Postal Pat. Firearmed Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Someone from 2014 tweeted, have they ever crossed over? And the first response is, throw in Noddy and Bob the Builder and you would have a CBBC version of the Avengers. Nice. Um, there was a spin-off series, Postman Pat Special Delivery Service, where Postman Pat has been promoted to the head of the SDS, is now called upon to deliver anything. Each episode follows Postman Pat on a special delivery mission from rescuing a runaway cow to delivering a giant ice cube. <laughs> a giant ice cube? <laughs> a giant ice cube. Which I imagine is a much smaller ice cube by the time it gets there. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. Okay, cool. Right, okay. I I am on board. <laughs> the, the, I, I look forward to the final episode, which is the, the 
the showdown, the showdown. between yeah, the, yeah. The, the forces of Firearmed Sam and Postal Pat for the future yeah. of the Lake District and, by extension, the world. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's it's the Lake District versus the Lake District. <laughs> nice. Uh, my second choice, then. Um, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we're good. We're good. We're back. We're back in the room. We're fine. Everything is going to be okay. So, this choice is... We aren't actually going to change anything bar about a 10-second scene we're going to be throwing into it. This is a TV show that started in 1996. Can I just say something really quickly? Yep. In my head, I formulated a really funny response to a 10-second scene because it's going to be like, oh, is it like just a medley of all the times you've been funny on the podcast or something. Um, but my brain and my mouth weren't connecting. <laughs> so it didn't get out in time. And then it would have been like too much of a lag for it to be funny. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what I might what I might do is put together a 10 second medley of me failing to be funny. Nice. I don't know if I can be bothered to actually edit one or if I'll just like stage one. But we'll see. That medley is going to go now. Massive genitals. And then the bishop said, Sorry, I thought you said accordion. I'm just saying the second plane was remote controlled. But you can't give a fish custard. They're gonna live underground anyway. What the, what's the point if the Yeah, it was either a magic bullet or two gunmen. It just couldn't have been one guy from the book depository. And if I could have been bothered to do that, there would have just been a 10-second medley. It would be great. I'm sure we all appreciated that. Anyway! Cartoon series started in 1996, ran for 25 seasons and 253 episodes, which it also specifies is 493 segments. And I'd forgotten this show was done in segments, so it's all news to us. And this is a show um, which I I think really kind of stresses the importance of uh, believing in yourself. Okay. So, you know, Graham? Every day when you're walking down the street. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody that you meet has got, got a different a... point of view, right? Yeah. And I say, hey. hey. What a wonderful kind of day. etc., etc. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about the TV series Arthur. Arthur is fucking weird. Because Arthur is an aardvark. And that's not a fucking aardvark. Arthur is clearly a bear. I mean, he looks nothing like an aardvark. Nothing like an aardvark. He looks like he looks like a very good, a very good bear. Like, good that's bear. like a good boy kind of thing, isn't it? A good bear. Good bear sounds like a pub. Um, yeah, sounds like a pub. <laughs> sounds like a pub. So Arthur features, uh, yeah, Arthur features a load of animals. I think we all have watched Arthur at some point in our lives. Uh, it. It's finished now, and I think the last episode had them as adults, and he's now like. A comic book artist or something? Something like that. Who was the guy that looked like a Goomba? Uh, the Goomba, I believe, was uh, a bulldog. He was like the... Bu- called Bully. I think right. he was called Binky. Um, there were aardvarks, rabbits, monkeys, bears, dogs, cats, rats, and a moose. There were also actual pets. Oh, we're back to the goofy situation. Yeah, so there, 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 there were actual dogs. Right. Well, this is the in this anthropomorphized animal. It's world. the Pluto paradox. Yeah, so it is another example of the Pluto paradox, which you know is great, I guess, <laughs> maybe, but 
he's not an aardvark. None of that detracts from the central point that he's not a fucking aardvark. No, there is, there is that. No. The way we're making this dystopian is, like I said, we are just chucking in one ten-minute scene. And that is going to be... I don't know whether we will actually make it a plot point or if it will just be in the background somewhere. Okay. But the discovery of the destroyed Statue of Liberty. Right. So Arthur is explicitly taking place in a post-human society where all of the animals has risen up and overthrown their (laughs) shitty overlords and now rule the planet. So basically, Arthur is... Planet of the Aardvark. Well, Planet of the Aardvark. Aardvark. Is it, is it a, that word that means plural's not changed? No, as in, like, he's the only Aardvark, right? The others are all... No, no, he's got, he's got a, fam- he's got a yeah, family. He's got a family. Oh, so we're saying that they're the ruling they're the ruling royal family of New World Order. Yeah, Aardvarks. Aardvarks, okay. Always Aardvarks. Illuminati in two, Aardvarks at one. Fair. It, it's, it's something I think everybody... Everybody has sensed... That deep existential dread when they open up the first word of a dictionary. Which probably isn't aardvark, is it? It's going to be A. What is the first word in the dictionary? Um, I don't know. Interesting. Could be aardvark. Yeah, I can't be bothered to Google no. Graham. It was, a, it was a long night. First name in a, a baby naming book is usually Aaron. Or aardvark. <laughs> or aardvark. Depending on how avant-garde your um, your baby naming book is. Yeah. Hello, yeah. M- meet, my, meet my children. This is uh, Daniel. This is... Isabel, this is Aardvark. We don't like Aardvark that much. No, and we 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 strongly suspect he's plotting to overthrow the government. Oh, as all classic Aardvark, Aardvark by name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, uh, this dystopian society is basically just Planet of the Apes. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's more implied dystopian because their life seems to be pretty good, but. Not so good for the uh, the uh, the humans that I'm assuming are being kept underground because you don't see any, so it's not like. Um, no, I'm trying to think back. I don't think there is. Yeah, so it's not like Disney where there will still be kind of human characters in it. Yeah. So there there are none. This is just a planet of animals, and those animals just... must have come from somewhere. In um in your additional segments and scenes here is there any way we explain away the fact that arthur doesn't look anything like an aardvark is there some kind of like rhinectomy ritual that they go through to get into kind of the uh the ruling class of aardvarks they have to renounce their noses um but i i like to think so we can either go that route or like is it like aardvark circumcision yeah but it, it was like, I, I like to think it is, as I often think, and I'm not killing for time here. Um, I like to think, so when, we'll, we'll go like proper like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So there was like a virus which made all of these animals super intelligent and wiped out right. a load of people. M- maybe he is a bear, that kind of misun like like ugly duckling kind of thing. Okay. So like, didn't, He's going to grow into his yeah, nose. Didn't realise he was a bear, thought he was an aardvark, so, and no one wants to... Uh, tell a bear he's wrong and then just gradually over time it became that they're aardvarks yeah although is is there a lot of this um alliteration with your name and your species because like if binky's a bulldog arthur's an aardvark i wonder if now hear me out here 
the only ruling member of society can be called Arthur. They hark back to the King Arthur days and Excalibur, etc. So but he obviously couldn't be named Arthur if he was a bear. And he thought it was very close because A and B. Um, so he assumed the persona of an aardvark um, while still clearly being a bear. But no one would question him because he has Excalibur. So what we're saying is there is, there there is as well as an implied... Um, virus there is an implied sword in the stone situation that has happened off camera i mean duh. Oh, yeah no that makes sense now that makes sense yeah so there's not a lot of illiterate like so there's arthur the aardvark mm. there's a couple of lazy names for example uh mr ratburn who's a rat uh there's a bear called alan excellent a dog called prunella a moose called george buster baxter's an alliteration but he's a rat well bunny He's a rabbit. Bunny. He's so, a bunny. Buster ba- bu- Bunny Buster Baxter. Buster Bunny Baxter. So may- may- maybe they're the-, they're the ones who deep down just... Uh, th- there's also two bears called Timmy and Tommy who are the Tibble twins. So there is a lot of alliteration, just nothing to do with the animals. Okay. Oh, Muffy the monkey. Then there's also Francine Frensky, who's a monkey. So, yeah, apparently Arms- Armstrongs? I don't know why I said Armstrongs. The... Uh, Apparently, alliterations are an important thing. Yeah. But, yeah. So, the dystopian here, yeah, again, it's just Planet of the Apes. It's exactly the same TV show, which, one, is good, because Arthur's great. Two, theme tune stays the same. Boom. But it's just, they either walk past in the background, there's just a destroyed Statue of Liberty, or there is an episode where... Because I think they go to Washington one day, and, like, I think it's called, like, Arthur goes to... Washington or DW goes to Washington or something. So maybe while they're there, they find the destroyed city, like the destroyed undercity that is the original Washington DC, where there is a human Abraham Lincoln statue rather than whatever he is in Arthur, which I'm going to Google now. In the Arthur universe. Abraham Lincoln, right? So you think he's going to be a monkey? I think so. Let's have a look. I think. This could have proved my point. I think Abraham Lincoln's a person. Mm-hmm. Interesting that I'm right. There you go. But Also, that's brilliant out of context. Yeah. I think Abraham Lincoln's a person. I think he's a person. Uh, I will I will confirm. I will do some... There might be a future Ian moment here. Hey, guys. Uh, future Ian here in a rare... Um, a rare requested future Ian. Because usually I've just been... Throwing myself in there. So, uh, Abraham Lincoln is a human in the Arthur stuff. So, DW or the Arthur family or the Aardvarks, whatever their family's called, go to DC and see the Abraham Lincoln statue. And it is, in fact, a man. Uh, Bill Clinton, however, is an Aardvark bear. So, fuck knows. That already kind of hammers home a bit that we can very easily turn this into a dystopian TV series. That also teaches you the importance of friendship and honesty. And alliteration. And alliteration. So you would be a gorilla? Uh, I'd go with gorilla, yeah. yeah. I was the, I, my head went to gopher. Graham the gopher. Done. Gopher. And I would be an iguana, because that's really it. Uh, you could be a... Um... Yeah, there's not many, is there? Yeah. Um, you could be an iPod. Graham the Gopher and Ian the iPod. <laughs>
Give it an ibis. Ibis. Is that like a gazelle? No, it is a um, hotel chain. Oh, oh, it is also a bird. Yeah. Well, you could be an you could be an Irish setter. Ian the Irish setter. That's fun. Would have made that Island Wales game a lot easier to bear. This is true. Yeah. An ibix is what you were thinking. Ibix. So I, I was. Yeah. I, yeah. That's all. That sounds like a cereal. <laughs> it does. Or if we go prehistoric, you could be an Ithacosaurus. Ian the Ithacosaurus and Graham yeah. the Gopher. Or an Indian meal moth. I'm just looking at. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Eye animals. Yeah, this is. I'm assuming there's a list you're reading through. You're not just suddenly coming up with these. Yeah. Or an Italian greyhound. I like the idea of you you, you being an over, just like an over the top stereotype of an Irish uh, Irish Italian greyhound. Yeah. So you're just like slinging pizzas and and killing mobsters. I'm going to preemptively make a joke now, which I'm hoping won't age very well. But okay. That also would have made that Wales Italy game easier. <laughs> it's going to happen again, isn't it, Graham? It's going to happen again. We're we're by far the worst team in the Six Nations this year, and that you are. Uh, it, it's so dog shite. It's so plain to see. It doesn't even make me sad. I nothing it. Yeah. Does it even make me? Because an- generally you're sad and annoying when it feels like your team could have done more, right? Yeah, like, I get that. Like there's more you could have done, but instead it's just like watching someone hit a horse. Yeah, I mean, there. You know, arguably they could have at least turned up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I've turned up to more Wales games than they have recently. <laughs> you okay? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, Arthur. Arthur's great, isn't he? Great theme song. Uh, Bob Marley's Kid sung that. I would, yeah. I would argue it's one of the best songs the Marley family has had a hand in. Controversial. Contra-fucking-versial. Did you see that pub that drew the Six Nations flags? Oh, uh, with just Dragon. They just wrote Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Dragons, dragons are difficult. They are. Uh, classic. And mythical. And mythical. Yeah. Like a whale's win. Anyway. It's not fun when you're so... It is, I, uh, I feel like I'm booting a toddler at this oh, point. It, it's everyone's like, oh, whales are shit, aren't they? So, well, yeah, they are. <laughs> you can't... I can wear this obvious shitness like armour. You can't, you can't insult me or bring me down. They've done enough of that. There's nothing you could say that makes that worse. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, fine. It's just a game. It's just men running around with an egg, with a fucking egg, and the super. We didn't even get money out of the fucking Super Bowl apart from the national fucking anthem, which didn't cover my costs. Fucking Kelsey, I'm this is, wow. This is this, this is, is true. This is the first time I've kind of spoken out loud about any of this for a while, so I just feel like it's going to keep coming. So we're just going to stop now. Is this this therapy? I will edit out my crying noises in the background. Okay. Oh, better. uh, We'll just finish on. You could be an immortal jellyfish. (gasps) I could. Your final choice. Final. My final final, 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 choice. So if I remember rightly, I was doing this in order of when you would watch these as a child. So we started with the devastating Winnie the Pooh climate catastrophe we then went via Wales to Cumbria because we we mixed up Postman Pat and Fireman Sound um, for Postal Pat and um, now we're going to look at um, a show that I think 
probably one of the longest mainstays on children's TV. I think it started in the 50s and it's still going today. And that is Blue Peter, which is a, it's like a children's magazine show. Yeah, right? it's kind of like good. I I had enough trouble trying to explain all four to our American listeners. <laughs> good luck explaining Blue Fucking Peter. Well, it's it's um, it's the one show for kids. That yeah, but now good luck. I had enough trouble <laughs> explaining all four to people, American listeners. Good luck explaining the one show. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone knows what the one show is. No. Even that Welsh bird that presents it, I don't know if she knows what's going on. Just great though. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I it would take a lot for me to watch an episode of the one show. And Matt Matt Baker's been on it a couple of times, and he was a Blue Peter presenter. He was segue and, and a gymnast. <laughs> wasn't he? They were talking of Blue Peter, wasn't there one? Was oh, it was Richard Richard Bacon was a Blue Peter. Hi, yes, he, he was. Was it Coke that he got he in got trouble for? Caught or doing Coke and had to apologize. <laughs> uh, no, the. Other presenters had to apologise, which is great, because I don't know if anyone has heard TV presenter having to apologise for a presenter using Coke to kids who have no concept of what Coke is. Uh, it was... God, it was great. I'm going to rewatch yeah. it after this. Nice. So yeah, Blue Peter is, is a bizarre programme. Um, I can only kind of explain it as like trying... It's, it's probably the kids' TV equivalent of like... The Boy Scouts or um, uh, the Brownies, Girl Guides. Oh. It's like meant to be educational. It's meant to be kind of on the nose of pop culture, but in a way that you would anticipate being delivered by your youth group, your church youth group. Yeah, I think that's fair. They yeah. make they make things. They teach you. They things. make shit. They if raise, you couldn't raise if money you couldn't for afford charities. Tracy Island. You, they taught you how to make one that was, of toilet roll. That was my go-to one as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's an odd show. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna the the reason I'm gonna take this to um, a dystopian future and gonna revisit a world we spoke about not too long ago, and that is the world of 1984, um, the novel and film, not the year um, predating my birth by four years. I think that the approach here is that so in 1984 you have big brother right big brother is the overseeing overarching person who is um determining society and controlling everyone in this version there is an actual blue peter you know i think maybe one of the guys from the blue man group has gone rogue um <laughs> and uh just started uh yeah pushing us towards a totalitarian dictatorship where we all must bow to the the whims of Blue Peter. Because also, you know, we talk about Blue Peter being a weird TV show. It's an odd name. Like it's a navy it's a naval flag. Okay. But just, still just let you know. That's not, that's why the logo was a ship. Because you know what kids love? Naval flags. Yeah yeah, but this is the other thing. It has nothing to do with the Navy. Uh, At least it doesn't anymore, unless it started off as a sailing show in the fifties. Yeah, but, which which I'm assuming it didn't. But part of me really hopes it had. <laughs> okay, so interesting. Um, so it was originally, it was launched aboard a ship in Liverpool. Welcome everybody aboard. 
at the bottom of the gangplank. Okay. His the guy who created it, his wife liked the blue Peter flag, and that's where we get the name. There's no real um, connection here, other so, than someone liked a flag. From what I can tell, the blue Peter is flown when you're in har so when you're in harbour mm. and the blue Peter is flying. It means all persons should report on board as the vessel is about to proceed to sea. When it's flown at sea, it may be used by fishing vessels to mean my nets have come fast upon an obstruction, which obviously, <laughs> obviously, now now we've put it like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it, I, I can I can really see why they called it that. It makes sense. I was hoping there were like other ones, like there would be like a Red Stephen or something, which would be like the, <laughs> the communist version of Blue Peter. We could have riffed on a bit, but there's not. There's not really. There's. There's a flag that just means I require medical assistance, and that seems like a somber fucking show for kids. Yeah. Well, also, if this woman that decided to name it Blue Peter because she liked the flag was, you know, otherwise inclined, we could be watching a TV series for 70-odd years called Swastika. (laughs) Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which, again, wouldn't have aged as well. Wouldn't have aged as well as... uh, Also, this one is a flag... Uh, so this is a Quebec uh, signal flag, uh, which historically is used to signify uh, that the vessel might be harboring dangerous diseases and needs to be quarantined, which is the Yellow Jack. <laughs> which, yes, I don't don't think that would have gone down as well. Uh, Bravo Zulu? Could it be the kids show? That sounds like a cool kids show. Oh, they watch Bravo Zulu. Yeah, that sounds like a... Um, Very patronising yeah. Victorian man. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, Blue Peter. <laughs> Blue Peter. Yeah. So we we've entered this this um, yeah dystopian uh, society where Blue Peter ro- rules with an iron fist. And obviously, you know, in in any far flung societies where um, our societies we know it has collapsed, we need new ways of kind of. Um, having an economy and and dealing with um goods and services so obviously the pound has you know much like today has got shit and has disappeared and the the only currency available now is uh, blue peter badges interesting um, so very like so fallout has bottle caps yeah this world has the blue peter badge so how it has the how, blue peter badge cuz obviously the blue peter badges there were there were different tiers of them i think you had like yeah, your gold badge your red badge. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are nine different badges that you can achieve. Um, what would you say the, the, the monetary value in the society of a blue Peter badge would be? Okay. Oh, actually, sorry. There's ten different badges. So you've got the re- the standard blue badge, which is the one that they'll just chuck out to anyone who you know collects a few spoons. Do you remember? Do you remember this weird fundraising thing where you had to send in old cutlery no. for? Um, it was like sending like spoons for Africa or something. It was bizarre. Spoons <laughs> to Africa. Funny, funny that you say they hand these out to just anyone because I have this. <laughs> Which, for those uh, not watching the video that we don't release, <laughs> is uh, is a fucking a blue, blue Peter badge. Got a blue Peter badge. So I'm going to be. Get that for? Uh, I'm not sure. I think my mum got it. And I oh. stole it from her. <laughs> oh, so you've really taken on this? I've um, really, I've really I, dystopian yeah. society. You've, you've, you've renounced your family ties, and you have robbed her of the equivalent of a penny. Yes, 
<laughs> but you know, man's got to eat. This is true. Um, I'm just going to look up the blue Peter cut cutlery. The blue Peter cut. Fuck me. That sounds <laughs> like really. a horrific, like gangland thing. Okay. So I am at the moment not finding this because, <laughs> to be fair, it is probably quite a uh, quite an obscure. I mean, uh, oh it, no, wait! It sounds like a fever dream. To be fair, because they used it to does, do something yeah. every year, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, let's do scrap metal. Was Luke, it scrap metal? They wanted to turn two hundred twenty-five okay. tons of scrap metal into two centers for the elderly and eight hot dinner vans. Okay, so there's nothing to do with Africa. Spoons for Africa is is could, not quite could, could the, still be uh, a thing. It could still be a thing. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, but at least I know I'm not going mental. Um, they actually did do this. Yeah, and they had a totalizer, which was whatever yeah. they had to keep track of how much money had come in. Um, yes, and it was like um, it also they always used to unveil a different one each time. Right? Yeah, exactly. It was always kind of a big deal. Oh, they also built built schools out of tin cans in Mozambique, apparently. Okay, so okay, so at least you're just like. Half remembering things and sticking them together, which is yeah. which is less insane than just like what yeah. sounds like you're having a stroke. We're just going spoons for Africa. There are spoons. <laughs> spoons for Africa. Um, yeah, it does. Uh, it does sound a bit a bit odd. But anyway, um, my point being is that um, I actually don't know what my point was because I don't know how we got onto that. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So blue peter badges, they're the main form of currency. So we have the blue badge, as you have. Um, shown us Ian it is given to anyone well not anyone your mother and who I'm sure did a fantastic thing for it you just stole it Um, you can get a silver badge these are for sending in a different creative contribution to the show whilst you already have a blue badge Ah, Um, interesting okay uh, there's there's a there's definitely a kind of um, a tiered tiered system here you can get a green badge which is a contribution with conservation, nature, or environmental theme. Okay. Gold badges, rarely awarded for exceptional achievement, bravery, or endeavour. Obviously, all of these will be for Blue Peter himself, so he determines uh, who is who is brave. Uh, you can get an orange badge. This is for competition winners and runners-up. <laughs> okay. So... Yeah, they're they're less uh, less prestigious. You have fan club badges. This is a purple badge awarded for completing a review of the show and providing suggestions for future segments. So basically, the equivalent of like signing up for our lowest tier on Patreon. Um, should we do badges? Maybe we should. We could do badges, couldn't we? I we don't know. Could. I don't know how that works, and they'd be shit. But fuck it. If it's good enough for uh, our our great overlord Blue Peter, this is true. Uh, 50th anniversary badge awarded for sending in a picture poem or letter on the subject of the programme's 50th birthday I wonder if they do that retrospectively or if it had to be during the year who knows Interesting. fact bite with a Y factory badge awards people who completed up to VIP level 7 on the fact bite factory online game on the official Blue Peter website in 2009 I mean those are going to be tough to come by now there's a sport badge no prizes for guessing how you get that. And then there's a diamond badge, which was awarded to people from February 2018 to February 2019 to celebrate 
Blue Peter's 60th anniversary. So all of these things uh, become um, different tiers of different tiers of currency in the world where Blue Peter reigns supreme. So just to, just to cut you off there, just back on the, yep. the subject of badges. So mm. uh, gold badge winners include David Beckham, yep. Steven, Steven Spielberg, yep. Madonna, a posthumous award to Roald Dahl, Okay. David Tennant, Tom Daly, David Attenborough, and Queen Elizabeth II, uh, and the the uh, the current uh, Prince of Wales. There we go. Mm. All it takes to be a gold winner is to be royalty. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically like living in a dystopian society. So yeah, obviously we have the currency issue. I think there's probably only a finite amount of pets anyone's allowed to own, and they're only allowed to be named after the Blue Peter animals. Which apparently in 2007 was a controversy around a cat that was uh, adopted, and the online. It was, this is kind of like similar to Boaty McBoatface. Yeah. Um, but basically, there was a poll, and the um, cookie was the majority that people voted for to call the cat cookie. But the Billy Peter staff overruled the vote and uh, called the kitten socks. Um, and they, you know, they went down the Trump route of problems with the voting system. And uh, yeah, then there was loads of like backlash. So they had to adopt another cat and call that cat Cookie. Seems very unnecessary over the naming of a cat. But there we go. Yeah, when you when you when you started that, I assumed the name was going to be something like yeah, grotesque. No. But it was Cookie <laughs> <Yeah>. or Socks. <laughs> cookie or Socks. The. Uh, <laughs> The choice that many of us face in the morning. So yeah, what else? You can only um, the only toys that kids are allowed are, are makeshift Tracy Islands, um, and the Blue Peter Garden is the only place in the UK where natural fruit and vegetables are grown. And if you want <laughs> those kind of vitamins and, and minerals, um, you're going to have to do something pretty special to get access. Yeah, and then you'd late late one night we would we would break into. Uh blue peter studios to find blue peter which is just like i can imagine it would just be a face like I, I also had the same that was my exact picture yeah. of blue peter maybe because he is a big floating blue head so yeah in the corner of your eye you'd see a little curtain yeah and you'd pull it aside and there it's just connie huck with loads of levers <laughs> <laughs> and a microphone i like to think I, I think for the story arc it's it's a coked up richard bacon getting his own back on the world ah, of course <laughs> yes it is <laughs> this is this is a fun one this is going to be uh a mix of like this is going to be the horror end of the dystopian spectrum okay uh and we can kind of go two routes for this so we can go the the David Cronenberg approach, right? Or the Tom Six approach. So Tom Six is the guy, He's the human centipede. Guy. He is the human centipede guy. Which uh, we've have we talked about it? I mean, we we've obviously talked about it as people because as we have suggested to people, uh, we do talk about things outside of the podcast. But yeah, I'm not sure if it's ever. Come. I think maybe when we were talking about the film that shall not be named, um, we maybe made the comparison that they're both messed up films, but the film that shall be made named was made really well and therefore made it more horrifying. Whereas the Human Centipede was 
terribly made and therefore is kind of laughable. Yeah, Tom Six to me comes across as that edgy guy no one wants to talk to at a party. Because Yeah, because the whole thing of the human centipede was his like he claims that his idea behind it was his punishment for pedophiles, right? Yeah, and then but also like it's a trilogy, right? And like yeah. in the fir- in the second film, the human cent the guy is inspired by watching the human centipede. Yeah, and then in Human Centipede three, the guy is inspired by watching the Human Centipede two, which means in essence the trilogy is in fact a Human Centipede. Yeah, but well, a, a celluloid centipede, if you will. Yeah, but like you, you could tell, you can tell the tone of voice he said that in. Right, <laughs> it's just like okay, of course it is, Tom. Of course it is, mate. Okay, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, that kind of obviously puts us into the body horror fucked up kind of world yeah. of dystopian futures. So there'll be a lot of greys, there'll be a lot of uh, weirdness, and we are <laughs> going at this via Cat Dog. Because nice. Cat Dog. This came up on a few lists when I was searching like messed up kids' TV shows. Yeah, and like it, it, it's uh, th- that entire era, I think, of kids' cartoons were deeply, deeply fucked. But like Cow and Chicken? Yeah. Like. Okay, there's also, I think... Rocco's Modern Life, that was odd. Yeah, there's a running joke of cow and chicken that their parents are only legs. Yeah. Which, again, a lot of time for. But yeah, cat dog. So for people who don't know, cat dog... Didn't Tom and Jerry do that first, the only legs thing? No, I don't think so. Uh, They they had a character that was only legs, but it wasn't a running joke that she was only legs. Right, fair enough. Cat dog is, is a cartoon that follows... Conjoined brothers, cat who I think I'd just call cat and dog, who are a cat and a dog, who are joined at the hindquarters. Yeah, I can only imagine they share a cloaca. Yeah, that's never really covered how any of that happens. But yeah, it's just the story of an animal that is half cat, half dog. And in our dystopian version, obviously they are either being stitched together by Tom Six in some weird uh, laboratory somewhere, or is it full-on David Cronenberg horror and it's just kind of been born and there's loads of screaming and I'm assuming Viggo Mortensen is playing someone in it because he seems to pop up in all of those this now. Uh, all of those now. I watched, like, I can't even remember the name of the film, like Crimes of the Future or something, which is the latest Cronenberg movie. And it is so fucking weird. Like, even weird by his standards of weird. And that's a high standard of weird to be weird in. Yeah, this is true. Just going back to your point about which route you go down, if we we use the cat-dog theme as canon, um, it would have to be the Cronenberg route because it starts with... One fine day with a woof and a purr, a baby was born, and it caused a little stir. No blue buzzard, no three-eyed frog, just a feline canine little cat dog. That does, that's... Yeah? I just... I just can't take it, like, it's it's even weirder when it's just dictated. Uh, Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. There's a whole, like, extended version as well. Oh really? What like the Big Bang theory uh, theory thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lunatic dog and a frustrated cat. Opposite this and opposite that. Internal struggle for two and one brothers scratching and biting and loving each other. But like, but the, 
they're, they're a cat and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's about as much sense as uh, when Mama had a chicken, Mama had a cow, Dad was proud, he didn't care how. Because you would care how, Graham. You'd have many questions. Yeah. Lots of... Uh, just to start with. But, yeah. So I think this... I could see this working as a dystopian thing. It would have the feeling of... I, I think Cronenberg's kind of the way I want to go. Just because I think this is... This this feels body horror and I don't want to give Tom Six the time of day. Because the Human Centipede films are categorically awful. And not because they're fucked up, like you said. They're just bad. They're just shit films. Yeah. So yeah, it would be set in uh, a world mainly of greys and things like that. Uh, not the aliens. Uh, I meant the, the colour palette. Lots of lo- lots of grey. Lots of you're probably looking at deep industrial music kind of uh, the music the kind of score that sounds mainly like sirens. Yeah. Okay. And then we just follow the basically it'll just be cat dog sitting there. I'm assuming with the occasional. Uh, Kill me. Kill me. That was quite a convincing Thanks. cat there, Ian. Well done. Um, this was a time of really weird cartoons on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Because like, you had Cat Dog, you had Cow and Chicken, you had Rocco's Modern Life, you had uh, Real Monsters, Ren and Stimpy were around this kind of yeah. time as well. Like, how did this stuff get made? I've no idea. I think I'm assuming uh these these were Angry Beavers. Angry Angry Beavers was my favorite. I fucking loved Angry Beavers. <laughs> it was so stupid. Um even Fairly Odd Parents is fucked. Have you seen it is now canon um that Timmy is like 50 years old. Oh really? Yeah, it turns out he wished uh that everything would stay the same. See, I I never wa- you you were uh, I'm showing my age here but you're a couple of years younger than me unfortunately and i think it was i think i probably missed out on it just the fairly old parents piece because it was like early 2000s i I, yeah i I had a lot of time for it yeah yeah so there's i've never actually seen it outside of the um i've heard heard bits and pieces but yeah i've never seen it it fits the mold the weird weird fucked up mold. but yeah angry beavers i had a lot of time for angry beavers i am weasel you don't I need pants for weasel, a victory yeah. dance, because baboon's better than weasel. I are baboon is star of cartoon. Da, 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 da. I am weasel. Fuck. The theme teams were great. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Ed, Ed and Eddie, yeah. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. I never saw it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Fucking hell. What a, what a time to be alive. But yeah, Cat Dog. Just, just flat out body horror. And it would be... Uh, I just think it would work. I, I would. I mean, I. I want to say I'd want to watch it, but a realistic cat dog is like that's nightmare inducing. Yeah. Are you Are you thinking we do away with any of the cartoon imagery and this is like this is this is full on realism, real. Yeah. <laughs> real. Yeah. Quote unquote real. But yeah. Yeah. My the one thing again, if we're going Cronenberg, I'm saying Viggo Mortensen's going to be the do- like the the scientist or I know the cat dog dad hashtag yeah. cat dogs of instagram nice and it's just him yeah trying to uh i don't know care for this weird creature while the something weird will be happening that's never fully explained like i don't know there's a giant spider that lives in the sun just because there's a giant spider that lives in the sun sounds like a lyric from spongebob's work pants yeah so. you said that like it was a, a limerick or something as well yeah it just <laughs> it was it a just spider who the, lived right. in the sun it had he the spun right a web and it. had a bit of fun 
SpongeBob SquarePants could could have been a um that also feels like a fever dream. Well that's the theory is that is about nuclear testing. Okay. That bikini bottom is the bikini atoll where uh uh, the US tested out nuclear weapons, which explains why everything is so fucking weird. Fair. Uh, we'll, 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 I, I we'll, this is a tangent that we could go on at length, but we should say for another episode, the fucked yeah. up cartoon conspiracy theories. I'm looking at you, Rugrats. You fucking psychopaths. <laughs> that's, that, that's dark as anything, isn't it? Yeah, it really, really is. Like Cat Dog. Cat Dog. Cat Dog. <laughs> Those were finally our choices. Uh, not finally. That, not that you guys have... Just to you guys, this is just a normal episode. But to us, this has taken days of prep. So, so we, we might release a, a special uh, Patreon version of this that's uh, in real time. So you can listen to this over a week and a half. Week and a half. <laughs> Back of the net. Because to any any people listening there who think, hey... I want to record a podcast. Do you have any advice? One, record in sections. If your podcast is segmented, you can record it over what period of time you want and nobody notices until you realise that you're a very meta kind of self-referential podcast where then you will mention it every single time it happens. But yeah. that's that's the podcast only asked for's podcast tip of the week. <laughs> so out of your three, Graham, yes. what is the top three of your three? Um, the top three of my three, I think I would go... Um, Blue Peter in third. Um, we've had a lot of uh, talk of um, 1984 recently. And also, I wonder if it's a little bit too close for comfort with the uh, the way society is progressing and we may end up having to trade in Blue Peter badges in the near future. Yeah. In second place, also, maybe a little, maybe my dystopian stuff isn't too dystopian. Maybe it's on... <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just around the corner. Um is the climate crisis hit Hundred Acre Wood? Because, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's it's um, it, it, it's terrifying, yeah. um, and it's it's there's potential, and also I just I just like the idea of uh, seeing what these characters are up to when everything goes wrong, and obviously, 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 you um, you spit roasting piglet, and then in um, in in first place would be um, Postal Pat, mostly for the name. Obviously, we're going via Wales to Cumbria, where he actually is. And um, <laughs> I just like the idea of the, um, you know, the stability of Western democracy rests upon Cumbria not leaving the, uh, not leaving the Union. Yeah, seceding from the Union. Uh, okay, interesting, interesting. I like it, I like it. Uh, out of mine... I think I am going to go Arthur in third, just because, like I said, it requires no changing to the cartoon apart from an extra 10-second segment you chuck in somewhere. Uh, two, I think I'm going to go Cat Dog, though I really, really like the idea of a realistic... Well, I don't like the idea of a realistic Cat Dog. That's horrifying. You get what I mean. It's a film I would watch. Uh, and number one, I'm going Teletubbies because just reading the plot synopsis of that with no context, it is a dystopian thing. Yeah, I'd, living I'd, in uh, living I'd in their shelter agree. with the sun baby, sun baby, and the the tubby custard, right? Eh? <laughs> hey, eh? the tubby custard, right? Eh? You like the tubby custard, don't you, Graham? Would don't you like you? the tubby custard oh. when you spit roast piglet? Well, you can't have a 
pig with custard. What kind of psychopath do you think I am? I am going to eat piglet. Well, I'm going to I'm going to like Lord of the Flies it as well. So we'll have piglet's head on a spike, and I'll just talk yeah. talk to it while I'm eating him. <laughs> just let just let that sink in. Uh. And that then brings us to the point <laughs> to the point of the podcast, Graham. So what yeah. is what is the official top three dystopian versions of kids' TV films uh, shows we would watch? For me, uh. <laughs> I I would have gone Winnie the Pooh over Postal Pat, just because. Don't get me wrong, I loved you scrambling uh, for a plot when you realised that Postman Pat does not in fact live in uh, Ponty Prue. Um, I would go. I I Telly Telly Tubbies and Winnie the Pooh are definitely there for me because I do I do like the idea of the <laughs> Christopher Robin, the grouse hunting extraordinaire. <laughs> hunting the animals of uh I keep going to say farthing wood. I know. Do you know why? Because you say the animals of yeah. and then because that's the name yeah. of the show. Yeah. But yeah, so the animals uh, the the hundred acre uh, searching the hundred acre the wood. Inhabitants the inhabitants of Hundred Acre Wood. The cattle of the Hundred Acre <laughs> Wood. Um I just like the mental image of that. I just think it would be really fun. Uh I, mm. I would throw cat dog in at three, personally. Because I do, I like some body horror, me, and I think yeah. I could just see, like that. That for me feels very because you would just zoom in to like a grey apartment block in a grey city, and then there's just Vigo Mortensen just like cradling what you think is a baby, and then he moves the blanket, and it is in fact the cat dog. Yeah, I, I'd have to go. So I agree, Teddy Tubby's happy to. Um, go higher with um with Winnie the Pooh uh, mostly based on the your very graphic dis- description of um, piglet's head on a spike um the only the only th- reason i would go postal pat over cat dog is the i just feel he's he's got he's more fleshed out he's got more of a there's more at stake for um for postal pat whereas you know I get the mutated weird cat dog baby, but where do we go from there, Ian? Maybe Postal Pat needs to put cat dog down. I don't know. <laughs> I will. I, I will. I will concede that Postal Pat is the best naming convention. Like I, I I'm happy to go there, but I, I think I think cat dog is more dystopian. If we're really hammering in on the dystopia, I think. Uh, a creature like that can only live in a world like that. Yeah, but you say that, but you get like the like the one-eyed um, cow things that people don't actually know what they what they are, right? Yeah, the cow. And that's the, now like the cow things. You mean? Because yeah. mum, mama had a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> mama had a cow. Um, yeah, no, you do. And you do that. That's... And also, if if we were to go down the dictionary definition of dystopian. <laughs> Um, it is a state or society where there is great suffering and injustice. Yeah, um, which is which allows uh, a cat dog. <laughs> well, if you're allowing a cat dog, surely that is. Um... Well, the, I, I think it, I think it's going to be a thing of like it's people trying to splice together their pets, right? That's where the dystopian element of this comes from. <laughs> so you have like a cat dog, you have a budgie hamster, you have a, I don't know goldfish, rabbit, snake, goldfish snake. There you go. A rabbit, just a rabbit, just a very, just a very rabbit. confused rabbit in the middle of it all. Um, the rabbit, rabbit. That's the Chas and Dave uh, one. <laughs> nice. Um, 
but yeah, I would, I, I would, I would still go cat dog. I, I still think that fits the definition more. And it's just the the mental image of cat dog is. I think postal post there is there is a there is a list for postal pat. Don't get me I wrong. Mean, in in our inevitable follow up kids TV oriented one, <laughs> I I would happily throw postal pat in there. But uh, I think cat I think cat dog fits the assignment more. Okay, I would have to completely disagree with you. Because it doesn't fit the assignment. Because Postal Pat is a dystopian society. I mean, it, however, to make you happy, I'll give you a cat dog. I would, I would go Postal Pat with more Postal. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know. <laughs> Do we just chuck Arthur in instead to stop the argument? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happier with Arthur than than Cat Dog. All right, I'll take that. Done. <laughs> Done. And I'll, 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 I'll Winnie the Pooh. First, as well, I think, just because I, I haven't stopped laughing since he brought that up four or five days ago. Um, okay, that's just just going to throw out there. That's the most that has changed around in in the space of a, a debate. Oh yeah, uh, I think yeah, it's great. I like it. So uh, the podcast nobody asked for is top three dystopian versions of kids TV shows we would watch. Number three, we have Arthur. Number two, we have the Teletubbies. And number one, we have Winnie the Pooh. If you agreed with our choices, if you have any other choices you think we should have done, then you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. You can also find us on Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where you become a friend of the podcast and get things like bonus episodes and other stuff like mugs and t-shirts and photoshopped pictures of Bowie into films and access to a spreadsheet and the ability to choose. Anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, if you want to chat to us on Twitter, um, maybe try and guess what was beeped out about Tigger. You can at nobody asked for pod with the number four. You can also find us at the same place on Facebook, and we have a website. Is the podcast nobody asked for dot co. You're okay. You're okay. And um, that has all of the links to all of the things we're talking about right here, right now, right here, right now. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, please give us a review and in your review put any future episode ideas you may have, and we will do the best ones. Uh, one thing we didn't mention in the introduction mm. to this podcast, just to segue into the end of this episode, is the fact that we once paid Paul Chuckle to send an insulting message to a friend of ours after they lost our fantasy football league. Yeah, this is this is very true. So um, stay tuned to After the End Music, and I will put that there in its entirety. <laughs> Good old Paul Chuckle. Yeah, it's old Paul. Ugh, no one asked for this. Alan, this is a special message to you. Not to me, to you, from the final Fantasy League. And of course me. <laughs> they tell me you lost their NFL Fantasy League. Oh dear, oh dear. Please take a long, hard look at yourself, mate, and think about what you've done and what you're bringing to the table. You need to step up your game and up your football knowledge. Well, that's you told off, my friend. So remember, no slacking. (laughs) Have a great day.